0: Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Hey C3 Fort Worth, Uh, I am not preaching today. Um, I'm actually really excited about what you're going to hear. We have a privilege, obviously, in, in, in such kind of strange circumstances, difficult circumstances even, to rely on friends and family from around the world in a new way. And it's it's been, um, in so many ways, a bit of a silver lining to much of this. And uh, if you don't know, C3 is part of a global movement of churches, uh, just under a thousand churches all over the world and all parts of the world. And in so many ways, there's this global perspective to what we're walking through because of that. Uh, and the pioneers of that are Pastors Phil and Chris Pringle, two of the most uh, amazing people you'll ever hear from and meet. And uh, and they're pioneers of the faith. They're uh, people who've lived through a lot and, and walked through many things. And uh, in fact, last weekend, we celebrated 40 years of ministry for them and those who started C3 way back in the day in uh, Australia, Sydney area. And so today we thought, why not um, bring to you a word from Pastor Phil Pringle, who has been through many things, four decades of ministry. Uh, and seen uh, so many churches planted all over the world, all with the same DNA uh, that he and and Pastor Chris Pringle of faith, hope, and love. And the welcoming spirit, the joy, the hope, uh, the vision that you hear in our church and in so many other C3 churches comes from them and those who they have sent out. And so I'm really excited. Now, this message was recorded prior to Easter. It was on a a run-up to Easter Uh, But it felt so uh, relevant to what we've been talking about with death and resurrection. And so I wanted you to hear this. It's a message called, But God. And so I believe that today, wherever you're at, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're dealing with, uh, but God can raise uh, dead things to life again. Um, I do want to remind you, if there's anything you need from us, if there's any prayer you need, you can text C3PRAY to 555-888. Or if you need support, you need someone to talk to, please don't hesitate to reach out because we want to remind you, but God, in the midst of all that we are going through and all that you might be going through. We love you, church. I hope you get ready. Lean in, open your Bible, open your notepad, uh, get ready for a word that's going to encourage you. So check out this message from Pastor Phil Pringle.
1: Well, I got to say, I'm pretty excited about sharing this message, But God. It's out of a book I wrote a number of years ago at Easter time when I was looking at creating a message, I guess, that described the God factor in our world. And to my surprise, I found that phrase, But God, 61 times in my New King James version of the Bible, and three of them were in relation to Jesus being raised from the dead. And so when I lead up to Easter, like right now, these scriptures become especially meaningful. In Acts 13, verse 29 to 30, it says, They took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. Then in Acts 3, verse 13 to 15, You rejected this holy, righteous one, and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him to life. Acts 10, verse 39 to 40. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Israel and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by crucifying him, but God raised him to life three days later. So the God factor is something that we can easily forget when problems are coming in and overwhelming us, seemingly drowning us. When Jesus said, I will build my church, it was only a few days later that he was actually crucified. So it would be easy to think, well, wow, so much for that great vision, so much for that statement. I mean, he's gone now and what kind of a church is he going to build but God God involved and raised Jesus from the dead as we face an unprecedented time i've never seen anything like this in all of my life around the world where countries are closing their borders people are not allowed to leave businesses are being closed down children kept from schools hospital workers being overwhelmed It is, it is unprecedented times and we cannot afford to let these times blot out the God factor in our lives. Uh, Isaiah 51 verse 13 talks about how that we can be, be sometimes tending towards forgetting God. He says, you forget the Lord, your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth. God who made the entire universe should not be left out of the equation in any problem that we are facing. When our problems get big, it can make God seem small. But what we need to do is spend time worshiping, praising, meditating on God, thinking on God and getting our telescope around the right way so that we magnify the Lord. Our problems can minimize Him as we magnify them and focus on them. But if we focus on God, we will find but God is a factor in our lives that make make our faith strong, strengthen our mind, give us peace in our heart. And so we are able to understand that the God who created us is the same God that will get us through anything we are facing. Nehemiah 4 verse 14, when they were rebuilding the city of Jerusalem, and they were rebuilding the temple. But the opposition to their efforts was extreme. They they came in all forms. There were people who wanted to compromise them. There were people who directly fought against them. There There were conspiracies that were devised against them. False letters were written to the authorities to try and get them to shut down the rebuilding of the temple of God. And anybody who's going to be involved in building the church will find themselves in all sorts of warfare that seems unnecessary, seems uninvited, but it is because we're engaged in one of the most powerful programs from heaven on earth. And so Nehemiah in 4, verse 14, he says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your friends, your families, And your homes. So, when the people were getting discouraged and dismayed, and they were losing faith by the increase of fear from all the attacks and the problems and the enemies that they were facing, Nehemiah, that great leader, he said, Don't be afraid, remember the Lord. Remember that God is alive. The same God that delivered Israel out of Egypt. The same God that created the heavens and the earth. The same God that did all these things is with us right now. He is not dead. He's not even sick. He is alive and He is able to do exceedingly abundantly, the Bible says, above all that we ask or even imagine. Colossians 1.27 says that Christ in you, is the hope of glory. So the best predictor of victory is that Jesus Christ is living within us. He was dead for three days in a tomb, but He rose on that third day, and He will rise if He's inside you, no matter what circumstance you're facing right now. I feel so in my heart for people whose businesses have been shut down, people who are losing jobs, the nervousness and the anxiety you are feeling about how you're going to pay mortgages, how you're going to pay credit card bills. We're going to pray shortly for you and believe God. But I also want you to build your faith on the Word of God and know that but God can answer your situation. The God who created everything is the same God that is inside you. The God that rose from the dead Death didn't have any power of Him. That same God is within you and me. And that, my friend, is the best predictor of victory and glory that we can have. As that scripture says, Colossians 1:27, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Uh, death and sickness may try to destroy us. If you have actually contracted the virus, uh, we're going to pray for you and believe God for healing. But whatever illness you may be having right now, don't forget God. Psalm 49 verse 15 says, But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. He will give me back from when the grave and death are threatening me. But God is more powerful than any force of darkness, any force of the enemy, any force that is trying to snuff us out with disease or any other kind of thing, God is more powerful. When we feel like giving up, our strength runs out. Psalm 73, verse 26 says, My flesh and my heart fail. My body's weak. My, my heart's discouraged. It's, it's feeling like it's fainting. It's, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So even when I'm feeling like I'm depleted, I'm exhausted, I'm weary, I'm harassed, but God will be the strength of my heart. Entire nations have risen up against the church in times past or against the nation of Israel. And it says in Isaiah 17:12 to 13, the nations will rush like the rushing of many waters but God will rebuke them and they will flee far away and be chased like the chaff from the mountains before the wind, like a rolling thing before the whirlwind. We have God with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? And in these times that we can say, well, that's not facing reality. That is the reality. It's a far greater reality than the temporary reality we find ourselves in on this earth. And we must put our eyes up off the problems onto God. And as we look to Him, we will see His Spirit and His power come to assist us in a very real way. When temptation is trying to destroy us, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 says, Temptation will come. It's common to everyone. But God is faithful who will make a way of escape. No matter what you are tempted with, uh, no matter what is trying to lure you away from following Christ, no matter what is trying to lure you into a compromised situation where your values and your integrity are on the line. But God, if you look to Him, there will be strength to deny yourself and to step out of the trap that the enemy is trying to set for you. Better, better to resist temptation than try and get out of that trap. And so right at the beginning, keep your eyes on the Lord and you're going to find your way out of difficulty in the Old Testament, there's a gentleman called Haman, a terrible person who was so offended by a particular Jewish man who would not bow to him. Mordecai was his name, uh, that he plotted and, and conspired to eradicate, to wipe out the entire Jewish nation throughout the entire empire of the then reigning king. And so he arranged for this to happen and got the king to sign the edict uh, under false pretenses. It wasn't like the king really was aware of what this man was trying to achieve. It was simply because of a personal offense that he started this entire eradication program. So at that time, there was a a young girl called Esther who, through a, a set of circumstances, became the queen. The previous queen had refused the king on one of his requests. And so a search was made through the entire land for a new queen. And amongst the hundreds of applicants, if you like, or those who'd been chosen, Esther, this young Jewish, beautiful lady, was chosen to be the queen. And it was so... Fortunate, well, it wasn't even fortunate, it was God. It, God had arranged for that particular woman to be the queen at that particular time to bring about a salvation for the entire nation of the Jewish people. And so, at the moment when it was about to happen, she requested an audience with the king and then with the gentleman Haman, who was plotting this murder of all these people. And through another set of coincidences, it seems like, but we would call them God-incidences, it happened that Haman himself became exposed. The queen said, This is the man who is trying to eradicate my people. And so Haman had, he had erected gallows to hang this Mordecai, this man who had offended him. He had erected these gallows. He was going to hang him on those. And so the king in the end ordered Haman himself to be hung on his own gallows. And so we see that there is a thing in the kingdom of God that I would call backfire. And when the enemy tries to bring something against the people of God or against you, it's going to backfire because all things work together for good for you because of the God factor in your life. But God, remember him in whatever situation you're in remember the but God factor. There was, a, there was a prophet in the Old Testament called Jonah who got himself into a terrible mess. And sometimes we are the cause of the mess we're in. And, and for some, they think, well, I caused a mess. I should pay for it. I, I'm responsible for the mess I've made. So, so what better can I expect except that I'm, I'm going to pay for it? Well, the fact is Jesus has paid the price for the mess we made in our own lives. And we, we have to accept that we are subject to forces that are stronger than ourselves. And we need somebody that is stronger than that force to help us overcome. And that is Jesus. The psalmist says, we triumph through the works of your hands. And in the New Testament, Paul says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. And even though we are wrestling with our own brokenness sometimes, our own faults, our own missteps, our own mistakes, our own sins, even though we're wrestling, God has mercy on you today. He says, listen, I understand and I've provided a sacrifice, my own son that will cleanse your soul from those things that have overwhelmed you and caused you guilt, depression, all kinds of difficulties within. And I have provided you a way out to be free from that in Jesus' name. And we will pray shortly so that you'll be able to receive Christ into your life if you haven't already done so and understand what that victory actually is, not only in mind, but actually in experience to have that. In the Old Testament, this, as I said, Jonah got himself into trouble. But even before Jonah was in his problem, God had provided the answer which is mind-blowing for me because this little fish, maybe 50 years before, maybe even before Jonah was born, unusual little fish. used to eat everything it could, just kept growing, growing, growing. Got to be the biggest fish in the entire area. All the other fish said, get out of here, you're eating all our food. But this huge fish ended up at the exact spot On the exact day that the sailors in the boat, which were at sea, where Jonah said, Look, your problems are because of me. You got to throw me over. And they did, they threw him over. Right at that moment, that fish was there and swallowed Jonah and kept him alive for three days. Even before we have our problems, God has provided a solution, an answer. And so He knows the problems we're going to be facing. If we will keep our eyes on the Lord, we're going to find ourselves on a collision course with miraculous solutions in Jesus' name. A flood was going to wipe out the entire world, but God. he had had Noah prepare an ark for the salvation of his family and the beginning of a whole new world. The king of Egypt ordered the death of every male child under two. So the Hebrew nation would be wiped out, but God preserved Moses. And Moses grew up to eventually bring the Israelite people out of 400 years of slavery into freedom. Uh, When when the Israelites, Meshach, these young boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they'd been deported from Jerusalem down into Babylon, but they wouldn't bow down to the the gods of of Babylon. And so the king was furious and he said, throw them into the furnace. And so they said, okay, throw us into the furnace. And they said, our God will deliver us. However, they had a radical kind of commitment to Christ. They said, look, our God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. It doesn't matter. If we burn, we burn. But we know he's able to set us free. And so with that faith, And that commitment, they were thrown into the fire and they didn't burn. The king looked in the fire and he said, we only only threw three people into that fire, but I can see four. And that fourth one looks like the son of God. I mean, the appearance and the posture and the bearing of the fourth one was so dynamic that it was undeniably God himself in that fire. So no matter whether we're in the feel like we're drowning in the waters or burning in the fire, but God, God will be with you in your worst of circumstances, in your most difficult and trying of times. Even I, while I'm, I'm speaking now, I can uh, see people uh, weeping, uh, crying, trying to believe, and it can be difficult to believe sometimes. But I know that as you reach out to the God of heaven and earth right now, He has answers for you. And so I want to pray for you. Uh, Whoever you are watching today, wherever you are, under whatever circumstances, I know that Christ can can reach into your world and bring salvation. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, please, would you do that in a prayer that I'm going to lead you in right now? If you're coming back to Christ, you've been away from Him, if you're just not sure, whether you're saved or whether you're going to heaven, please pray this prayer with me and then I'm going to pray for you. Can you say these words to God after me if you're reaching out for salvation or coming back to Christ today? Say these words to God. Dear God in heaven, I ask Jesus Christ to come into my life. I ask to be cleansed from sin. I ask to be born again. Make me your child. Help me follow you. Thank you, God, for saving me. Amen. Please follow the link to remain in contact with us, the link that's on your screen, uh, and we will respond. We will help you follow Jesus. Now let me pray for you. If you're facing what seem to be impossible circumstances where there's no way out, and you may be just trying so hard to believe right now, You may be cynical about some of the things that I've said. Whatever. I just want you to open up and let me pray for you. Let the love of God reach you right where you are. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for your presence, for your Holy Spirit to travel into every person's room through this screen to all of our people, calm, troubled hearts, Lift the burden off their shoulders and reassure people in their soul, in their spirit, with a word from God that everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay because all things work together for good to them that love God. He says, fear not, for I am with you. And I pray for miracles for people who are facing illness and medical situations. I pray for miracles in people's finances in their jobs, and I pray for miracles in people's circumstances.